Hello listener, it's Gould here. Just before we crack on with this bonus episode of The Unbreakable Movie Chain, this is a reminder to check the show notes for this week's spoiler and content warnings. Enjoy the episode! Hello and welcome to this bonus episode of The Unbreakable Movie Chain. This week, we're talking about our top 10 movie monsters. And I'm here, of course, with Ed Howells. Hi, Ed. Hello. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Yes. What we've done here is shamelessly jumped on a bandwagon. (laughs) (laughs) This time, we've decided to count down our favourite movie monsters. Slightly differently this week, though. Instead of each doing our top 10, we are going to do a combined top 10. Mm -hmm. So each of us doing our top five. However, I've got a bet with myself If I win the bet, I'm allowed to buy myself some sewing patterns, (laughs) which is unrelated. It's just I was umming and ahhing over doing so this morning. And then I thought, I know, I'll let let fate decide. So um, if me, there's a particular monster that I am convinced me and Ed both have on our list. And if we do, I'm allowed Mm. to buy myself a present. What if, (laughs) what if we do have the same movie monster on our list but it's not the one that you're thinking of i don't know do you win the bet in that circumstance i don't know because it's really specific it's a very specific monster that i've got in my mind i see well i hope i don't let you down <laughs> I-, I wonder if you know which monster i'm talking about look looking at my list there's a couple there's a couple easily that you could have on there um just before we hit record we were discussing well you asked the question which one of us has been loosest with our definition of monster um so ed before we get going what uh, how are you defining a movie monster um a movie monster is something inhuman i sort of went back and forth so like when you traditionally think of a monster it's something scary and sort of certainly in traditional narrative forms a monster is the antagonist the monster is the thing that needs to be overcome um but when you look at well we just uh, discussed frankenstein for the regular pod and frankenstein's monster is uh not scary in that same way i mean he is scary but it's not it's it's an antagonistic force to henry frankenstein but i would consider the monster to be the protagonist and henry frankenstein the uh, the villain of the piece yeah so it's not it's not quite that and if you look at um a lot of del toro's work a lot of his monsters are very sympathetic so it's not about necessarily being villainous or, or the antagonist but it is something otherworldly and they have a sort of force of some sort power of some sort it doesn't have to be a sort of superpower or magic power just a sort of a monstrous energy <laughs> mm. um Mm. And ideally, um, they look weird. Yeah. <laughs> Although, hmm, by that definition, I'm looking at my list. See, there's hmm. a, there's a couple on my list, particularly on my long list, which was very long. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that actually, I kind of had to disqualify based on my own definition. I've thought about it really hard, the definition of monster. And I don't mean this in like a kind of a general sense across everything. This was just for me to compile my own list. Mm. 
for me, a monster had to actually be monstrous. So for me, Frankenstein's creature doesn't count as a movie monster. Interesting. Whereas something like, I don't know, well, I won't go into it because obviously <laughs> we're about to do a countdown. But also um, I had a really long discussion with Richard about this because he, he was saying how for him, a monster, to truly be a monster, has to lack reason. Mm. So a movie monster cannot can't be something that you could reason, argue, or kind of discuss something with. It has to have a almost animalistic driving force Mm -hmm. that you can't overcome with logic or, I don't know, human persuasive powers. Yes. Like, a vampire could be reasoned with, technically. Like, Dracula. Dracula could be reasoned with. Mm. So I think, um, based on our how we've alternated back and forth over the past couple of these, it is your turn first, Ed. My turn to go first, is it? Ed, what's your number five favourite movie monster? So my number five favourite movie monster is, uh, it's not a biological monster, interestingly. I went a little bit back and forward over whether something non-biological counts as a monster, but I think even by the definition you've just given as something that can't be reasoned with yeah uh, this absolutely is a monster and what is most monstrous about it is that it is so cold so calculating it doesn't lack reason because it reasons for itself but one could never reason with it it is relentless in its pursuit of its objective it is the t-1000 from terminator 2 so this other guy he's a terminator like you right not like me a t-1000 advanced prototype you mean more advanced than you are? Yes, and me mending poly alloy, liquid metal. Listen, I gotta stop by my house. I wanna pick up some stuff. Negative. The T-1000 would definitely try to reacquire you there. You sure? I would. Wonderful choice, Ed. Well, yeah. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, for all the reasons that I've just outlined, I think I think Robert Patrick's brilliant as well as the as the T-1000. Yeah. Um, it, it's just so chilling how casual... It is about killing people and the yeah. way that it can just hide in plain sight and just change. The one, <laughs> the bit, the bit that always sticks in my mind uh, more than anything else is um, the bit in the mental institution where mm. there's a, a sort of night watchman who goes and gets a drink from the machine and he's, you know, sort of chatting to a nurse at the nurse's station over distance. And he's got his drink in the machine and he turns around and he's just confronted with an exact replica of himself. And he sort of opens his mouth as if to sort of just say, oh, hello. <laughs> and, but before he can say anything, the T-1000 has poked him in the eye, but in the eye and all the way through the back of his skull. And you see it from behind. And it is one of those cinema images that has stayed with me forever. It haunts me. Yeah, for me, the one is uh, when it's chasing the car mm-hmm. and it and it, it, um, its hands kind of morph into those kind of hooks and it's like clawing its way up the back of the car. Mm. It is, it is totally chilling. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> Very scary. I wouldn't have allowed it on my list mm-hmm. because I drew a line through machines. Mm. Yeah, I, I absolutely understand that. And that was the conversation that I had with myself. But yeah, yeah I came to the conclusion that a monster didn't have to be biological. Fair enough. Cool. Give me a number five, would you? Yeah. My number five is from a film that I know you've not seen, uh, but I have banged on about it on the podcast before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My number five is Tim Curry as Darkness in Legend. Even now, the evil seed of what you've done germinates within you. No, you lie. 
You disgust me. You're nothing but an animal. <laughs> we are all animals, my lady. Most are too afraid to see it. It's an extraordinary character and an extraordinary performance of that character, mm. but also an incredible makeup effect. Like the prosthetics and makeup of Tim Curry in that role are unbelievable. Mm. He is so charismatic. He's very, very sexy, Ed. <laughs> <laughs> The thing for me, it's kind of, there's like a sort of Venn diagram of what I consider to be acceptable. Mm. So for me, something that is both human-esque and like logical and can be reasoned with, like a vampire that appears in the form mm. of a human. Uh, it, I was like, I don't really count that. It's too close. Mm. Tim Curry, obviously he is extremely eloquent and you could argue and reason with him. And he is flawed and he, I mean, his kind of Achilles heel is him falling in love with this human girl and that totally fucking with his plans and all of that stuff. Mm. However, he is monstrous to look at. He, he is the archetypal red devil with the horns and all of this in the cloven hoof. Mm. So I kind of, in a way, he doesn't really belong on the list. But I don't know. I don't really know what else I can say about it. It's just, it's very, um, uh, very confusing feelings. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I, as you know, I've not seen it, so I can't contribute. But yeah, it yeah. sounds well, yeah. great. It, well, it isn't great. This is the thing. It's quite naff, but it sort of is brilliant. Like it, you, you have to see it. It's very, very much in that kind of eighties um, trend of high concept but very dark fantasy mm. like the dark crystal like labyrinth and it's ridley scott so it does look incredible but my god it's um it's so strange <laughs> <laughs> fabulous um and that's my number five so ed um what's your number four well it's funny that you mentioned tim curry oh <laughs> <laughs> because my number four is the absolutely monstrous creature that hides as a clown it is pennywise from it hi georgie aren't you going to say hello oh come on bucko don't you want a balloon um, I like what Bill Skarsgård did, but it's, yeah, no. It's a different beast. It is, it is. Literally. It, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, and in fact, uh, Bill Skarsgård had so much sort of CGI help to play with and all sorts of special effects. Yes. Whereas Tim Curry, when he played Pennywise, he was just, he just had him and some makeup, really. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um yeah. But yeah, it's the monster itself is it's just a, 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 this horrifying idea of a creature mm. that can play on your worst fears and can bring out the worst in humanity. Have, have you read the book? I have. Yeah, mm. yeah. The this idea that just this evil kind of infects the whole town, which is something I think actually they do better in the recent movie than they yeah. did in the original mm. movie with Tim Curry. And, and any of us who've ever lived in a small town kind of kind of get that feeling. If you grew up in a small town like like I did, you sort of can get that feeling of this this place ain't right. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, mm. If only for the most upsetting opening scene. Oh my god! 
Yeah. Pennywise will forever live in my mind. What a creation. And this idea that it will it will manifest as your worst fear mm-hmm. as well. It's an amazing concept yeah. for a monster. And so that's it, yeah. So Pennywise, again, I toyed with the idea of Pennywise. <laughs> doesn't go on my list. And I'll tell you for why. I decided I wasn't allowed aliens. Interesting. Hello, Japs. It's Gould here from the future. During the edit, me and Ed had a little chat about this. Basically, I thought that Pennywise was a an alien. Ed challenged this. We didn't catch it during the actual conversation. But yeah, we were uh, chatting about whether or not Pennywise is an alien. And I did look it up and can confirm that officially he is just an uh, an interdimensional evil entity. Um, so apologies for my incorrect labelling of him as an alien. Technically, he could have gone onto my list, um, but he didn't. So um, we'll just crack on. I decided I wasn't allowed aliens because that didn't seem fair. <laughs> <laughs> didn't seem fair oh to to the aliens. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, okay, does it does it seem fair to any of these other creatures? Are they just going about their business? I don't know. <laughs> the idea being that the if the alien has made it to this planet then they are advanced enough mm. that they could then theoretically be reasoned with. What about aliens that you don't encounter on this planet? Like, indeed, the aliens from Alien. Well, it's funny you should mention that, Ed, because the face hugger's my number four. Wait a minute, this movement seems to have life. Organic life. <laughs> oh, so you are allowed aliens. <laughs> I'm allowed the face hugger because they don't encounter it on Earth, uh-huh. but I wouldn't allow myself... The necromorphs or the alien queen. Uh, oh, why? Because they are a more advanced version of that alien. Do you know, now that I'm sitting here in front of you, Ed, I can't explain to you why it makes sense to me, but it makes absolute sense to me. You have to have reasons to leave things off. It's, it's fine. It's true. <laughs> um, also, for me, the face hugger, which is the thing that is hatched from the egg that then attaches itself to the host to impregnate it. And then it dies. It's like it's like the male. So to me, that mm. is the most horrifying creature design that there has ever been. And for me, one of the things on on my list of criteria, just for me, for my personal monsters, is that their monsters had to scare me. Be scary, and I can't think of anything that makes my blood run cold quite like the face hugger. I mean, I'm perfectly happy with the face hugger being your number four. <laughs> yeah, but uh, do, do, I think I think you've set yourself some bonkers criteria. <laughs> That, that defies logic. <laughs> it is true, I think, upon yeah. reflection. Le- uh, what's your number three? My number three? Well, uh, we don't need to talk about this for too long because we've just spent two hours talking about it. It is Frankenstein's monster. It's alive. It's alive. It's alive. It's alive. It's alive. He, Boris Karloff, is just so wonderful in that movie. I don't need to bang on about him anymore because uh, hopefully everybody's listened to um, last week's episode on Frankenstein. Not quite. Well, like I say, my bonkers criteria would not permit him on my list because like, for me, he's too human. But he's literally called Frankenstein's monster. Yeah, he is called Frankenstein's monster and he is called the monster, but I think it's almost like an <laughs> irony. It's like, no, he because they, they call him the monster, but he is not the monster. And I, I quite deliberately through our episode on Frankenstein tried to refer to him is the creature not the monster yeah i thought about doing that but because he's credited as the monster in the film 
I, I, that, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, and we get into a whole world of how do you define a fucking monster, and I'm proving that that's impossible with this list. But in all seriousness, if for no other reason than that specific design of Frankenstein is such a strong archetype of a monster, like to kids everywhere, all over the world, mm. they will see Frankenstein's monster and they'll go, that's a monster. Frankenstein's creature goes on the list. <laughs> <laughs> Call him a monster. Call him a monster. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, go on then. Give me number three. My number three is, again, in fact, actually, yeah, no, all, all of mine are a choice that I've made in spite of a rule I set myself. So Fantastic. with my number five, um, I set myself the rule that it couldn't, uh, you couldn't be reasoned with, chose darkness. My number four, I argued that I couldn't have aliens and then chose the face hugger. This one, I uh-huh. uh, I told myself I wasn't allowed ghosts. And my number oh. three is the Babadook. <laughs> <laughs> His name is Mr. Babadook, and this is his book. A rumbling sound, then three sharp knocks. Ba-ba-ba-duk-duk-duk. That's when you'll know he's around. You'll see him if you look. Ba-ba-ba-duk-duk-duk. I... I... Is 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 the Babadook a ghost? Well, this is the thing. I, I would argue that it isn't. Yeah, but I also kind of argued that I wasn't allowed like a demonic presence either. Okay. Part of that is to do with a kind of a plausibility. So whether or not you could argue mm-hmm. that these things actually exist in the world, people believe in ghosts, people believe in demonic possession. And so to me, the Babadook, some people do argue that it is a ghost. It certainly is a haunting of some sort. And it is humanoid, yeah. but... Yeah. It's a fucking monster. <laughs> it is a monster. I think, to me, it's one of the great monsters that humanity has to face. It, the Babadook is something that exists. Yes. The, the Babadook is a manifestation of grief. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is absolutely a monster. And it's one of the, it's one of the archetypal story monsters. Mm. As in, that thing that you have to fight and overcome. Mm-hmm. No, the Babadook is absolutely that. Yes. It is something that each and every one of us has to overcome at some point in our lives Mm. is grief. I've almost talked myself into putting it on my list. (laughs) Alas, we did. Yeah, I completely forgot how scary it was because I rewatched it quite recently and was like, oh my God, this is intense. There's so much about the Babadook. He kind of, he has a few different forms throughout Mm. the film, some of them slightly more human than the others, some of them completely invisible. But that voice... He is terrifying. And yet, like you say, in Mm. the kind of storytelling tradition, if monsters are supposed to be a metaphor for something that we have to come up against in our human experience and come to terms with, then yeah, absolutely. That is what all monsters are, really. They are warnings. They are lessons. They are metaphors. Something just occurred to me um, while you're referring to the Babadook as he. In my head just now, I've just added something to my definitions of a monster for this which is that it it has to be something that I would refer to as it. Yes. Which, interestingly, would discount Frankenstein's monster. Yes. Because all through our discussion, I referred to the monster as he. Yes. Can't change it now. That's my list. Well, but, uh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I, Interesting wrinkle. This can be known throughout the rest of the life of the podcast as the episode of regret, Ed. <laughs> <laughs> Sure. <laughs> Ed, what's your number? God, this is going uh, by so num- quickly. <laughs> I'm yeah. not ready. Uh, what's, <laughs> what's your number two? My number two. I'm going to take my glasses off for this. I'm just going to do this at you. <laughs> Ed, I'm allowed to buy myself a present. I thought you probably were. Would you like to tell people what it is? It's my number two, too. Oh, fabulous. Our <laughs> joint number two is the Pale Man. Yeah, from Pan's Labyrinth. 
Una vez abierta la puerta, iniciad el reloj de arena. Dejaos guiar por las hadas. No comáis ni bebáis nada durante vuestra estancia. Y aseguraos de volver antes de que caiga el último grano de arena. Might be my favorite film. It's my favorite moment of that film. The favorite scene in that film is when um, Ophelia goes into an underground lair where there is a long table with an extraordinary banquet. And at one end is a very long humanoid-ish creature with no eyes. She's been told that she is not to eat any of the banquet. However, the banquet looks so delicious that she has to have a little bite and the pale man waits picks up some eyeballs from the table and he puts them in the middle of his hands these little eye slits that he's got in his hands and he puts his hands to his face and it is honestly one of the most brilliant imaginatively designed monsters I've mm. ever seen it's terrifying mm. chases Ophelia out of this place that is the definition of a monster yeah, to me yeah. absolutely a, a couple of things that I think help to build the tension leading up to that scene first of all Ophelia as she enters the room walks past an enormous pile of children's shoes oh yeah which immediately is just like it's like no <laughs> fucking no, no. <laughs> don't like it but they also the design of the pale man played by doug jones who is a kind of legend of character and, and kind of creature performance he also plays the fawn the pale man he kind of it, like you say is humanoid but he's got this kind of sagging skin and he does, he's yeah. got this that his mouth is this sort of ragged maw that he kind of he yeah. opens up and um he's got enormously long sort of spike tipped fingers that are covered in mm-hmm. blood stained with blood and yeah. he chases Ophelia and it genuinely especially because of the kind of filmmaker that Guillermo del Toro is I wasn't entirely convinced that she was going to get out of that room you just know that her if he if this guy gets her it is going to be a gruesome agonizing horrifying death I usually really love the gore and I did not want to see that happen to that little girl uh, at the hands of this fucking nightmare Uh, and i get to buy myself a present so that's nice right well so before we do number one yeah we've got a gap to fill seeing as we've got a clash maybe we should go through some honorable mentions um i don't know how how long is your honorable mentions list because yeah i've i've not singled too much out um, I've got a list here that I'll just pick a few things off. Um, the the Babadook was on my honourable mentions list. The uh, the Overlook Hotel. Yeah, nice, really nice. Is absolutely a monster. The Gremlins. I love the Gremlins. They are absolutely monsters. Sure. That thing from Men in Black. That alien from Men in Black that oh, gets bug. inside yeah. Vincent Donforio. Yeah, that bug. Yeah, that obviously doesn't make your list because it's an alien. aliens. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it, it, it is, is monstrous. Monster, and it's a stunning performance as well. Yeah, he's I think so he's good. So so good in yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Mummy. Oh, so I mentioned to you on towards the end of last week's Frankenstein mm. pod, the movie Creepshow. Yes. When we were talking about Stephen King. One of the segments in Creepshow is about a beast in a crate. And you don't see the beast, but it is terrifying. And it drags a man in and mm. devours him and all sorts of stuff. Um, I watched that movie when I was far too young. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, m- m- much too young, like seven or eight or something. <laughs> um, I was absolutely absolutely fine with all of it except for the beast in the crate Mm. there's something about the unknown that 
just absolutely shat me up. And the fact that it was in there and making all that noise and... Yeah. Mm. Oh, the Balrog. Yeah. From Lord of the Rings. Totally. Balrog's on my honourable mentions as well. Incredible design. Just amazing. And also, actually, um, even from being a kid and being aware of Lord of the Rings in other forms, like the book mm. and uh, the old um, animated version from the 70s, mm. The Balrog always stuck in my mind more than anything else, pretty much, from that film. Yeah. I don't know why. Maybe because he kills Gandalf, but doesn't. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. <laughs> spoilers. <laughs> yeah. What, uh, what about your list? Um, well, um, ag- I mean, again, a lot on here are on my honourable mentions, but I couldn't have had them on my top list because they don't count because of my weird criteria. One that does count is, uh, have you seen a horror movie from the last couple of years called The Ritual? Uh, no. It's um, a mediocre horror movie with an unbelievable monster in it. It's about um, yeah. a gang of, um, a gang of kind of approaching middle-aged blokes. I think they're sort of in, they're like, they're all settled down with kids, kind of not, but they're, they're a gang of like uni mates um, mm. who go off hiking in the Swedish wastelands. <laughs> it all gets fucked up. Um, someone breaks a leg and they fall down a thing and then one of them's a dickhead and they get lost in the woods. Anyway, but there is this phenomenal monster who I think it's called Moda. Um, but the creature design on this thing is unbelievable. It's like a giant deer, except mm-hmm. its head is a human torso. Oh, God. And at the bottom of the torso, where the legs would be, is a little kind of black hole with some little eyes glowing out of it. And then as like tusks are some human arms. Oh, wow. And then it's got, and it's like a sort of God thing. But it, and honestly, just look up some pictures of Moda because it's it's a really extraordinary creature. Is it worth watching the whole film for it? I would be really interested to know what you think of the film, actually, because I had some real, real issues with it. Like, there's a lot of really interesting stuff in there from like a design point of view and all that kind of stuff. Can you see, have you, are you looking at pictures of it? Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. That is absolutely horrifying. That's Isn't it wonderful? It's really, really great. Fascinating design. It's kind of, and it fits all my criteria as far as monsters go, but I just, I didn't want to give it a place on the list because I kind of, there's, I have too many issues with the rest of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Although that's not the monster's fault. And, you know, whoever did the character, the creature design did a phenomenal job. It really is extraordinary. Also, a shout out, just in terms of design, a shout out to um, Possum. I don't know if you've seen the film Possum. Uh, I haven't. I'm aware of it. Yeah, um, it's... Uh, 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 the film itself, well, let's leave a dis- that a discussion for another day, but Possum, the, <laughs> um, the puppet... Um, and also then the way that that puppet is used within the film. It is one of the most disturbing images. It's so, it's like a spider with a fucking awful doll face. It's really frightening. Oh, yes. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, that, that is that is scary. It is, a, it is a little bit of a kind of Route 1 monster design. It's oh, like, yeah. What, a pe- what, what, what scares the shit out of people? Spider, doll. Yeah. Stick them together. Doll spider. In fact, they did that in Toy Story as well, didn't they? Because there's the spider with the baby doll's head. Um, I want to shout out the the cave dwelling crawler things in The Descent. Yeah, sure. Really great character design. Didn't include these because part of my argument was that it couldn't be something that a human turns into. So I wasn't allowed werewolves, vampires, and I wasn't allowed the Mm -hmm. infected from 28 Days Later. But they are fucking great. Really, really exciting. Frightening. I had a similar 
I had a similar rule because um, yeah, I, I almost I couldn't I can't remember the I can't remember his name, but uh, I can't remember whether it's in Dawn of the Dead or Day of the Dead. Yes, uh, but there's that zombie that is incredibly incre- yeah. What the uh, hell is he called? Human and sympathetic. I can't remember his name. I won't say like Dougie or something. Um, something like oh, that. Yeah. Fuck. Yes. So yeah, I wasn't going to allow myself zombies generally or um, specific zombies. The bear from Annihilation, which again, I wasn't that keen on the whole film, but the bear, mm. I don't know if you've ever seen any. Have you seen Annihilation? I think I did see Annihilation. Yeah. It, yes. It's sort of a bear, but it isn't a bear. And it roars but its roar is also the voices of the people it's consumed so it's it's and it's sort of got like a skull head and it's it's really horrifying really haunting it's one of those monsters that you hear it before you see it and it's like Oh, the design, it, again, it's incredible. Ooh, uh, the Skeksis from Dark Crystal always scared the oh, fuck yeah. out of me as a kid. Again, my my second choice from the film Legend, and it almost made mm. it on, and it probably should have done, Meg Mucklebones, who is a swamp hag. That is the most scared mm. I've ever been in my life. I have never been that scared since that moment. It- <laughs> Honestly, are you looking at a picture of it? Yes, I am. Oh my. Never been so scared in all my life as I was of Meg Mucklebones when I was um, a little kid. Sorry, this is a really long list. I'm trying to... No, it's a great list. Get through. It's much better than my list. No, don't be daft. Um, <laughs> so uh, also, No Face from Spirited Away. Ooh, now this is a, a bit niche, but um, another animated mm. one since we've just done Spirited Away. Hexus from Fern Gully. Now, have you seen Fern Gully? <laughs> I have not, no. It isn't very good. However, (laughs) we've already given a lot of love towards Tim Curry and Tim Curry voices the antagonist in Ferngully, which is Mm. sort of a pollution as a character. It starts off as like a little oil slick um, and eventually becomes this like fog like this toxic fog and then finally finally is this like horrifying demonic like skeleton thing with these glowing red eyes and it's really exciting and tim curry is so good really excellent villain song yeah I would highly recommend, don't watch the whole film because it isn't very good, but do just watch Toxic Love. Again, uh, a a weird sex symbol. (laughs) Also, shout out to basically all the monsters in Monsters, Inc. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so many characters from The NeverEnding Story. Mm -hmm. The Nothing, which is really horrifying. That horrible fucking wolf thing, which I can't remember the name of. The big rock guy and the big snail thing. And um, the fucking swamp that swallows the horse. Christ. Oh my God, yeah. Sweetums from Ooh. The Muppets. Oogie Boogie from The Nightmare Before Christmas. For sure. I thought he'd probably be on your list. Yeah. And um, I also want to shout out The Moonlight Man from Gerald's Game. Have you seen Gerald's Game? Oh, I have seen Gerald's Game, yeah. God, there's, a, there's one particular shot of The Moonlight Man at the foot of the bed, which... Mm. anyone who has seen it will know and it, it, he is fucking scary what about the gnome king from return to oz i haven't seen return to oz how have you not oh you'd like is it. the gnome king really scary yeah uh yeah in ways actually he's not he's not as scary as the wheelers ah uh, yeah okay the wheelers are real scary okay okay um and there's there's a witch in it who's even scarier actually she's a whole hall of heads that she picks and chooses which head she's gonna wear <laughs> from day to day 
It's fab. I, oh, yeah, yeah. You'd, you'd love Returns of Wells, I'm sure. Okay, awesome. Mm. Um, so, Ed, who on your list are you going to choose to represent you in this fight? I'm torn between the Overlook Hotel and the Balrog, both of which almost made my list. For the simple reason that it's a more obvious monster, I'm going to go with the Balrog. Mm-hmm. I've um, talked myself into going for Moda, the monster from the ritual, because um, mm-hmm. I think because it was slightly obscurer, I went for some of the other ones, but actually I'm, I'm really regretting not putting him on my top five. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to go for Moda. Well, when you were going through your list and... Uh, I had a look at Moda. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, how is that not on the list? So I think Moda probably beats the Balrog Mm. in this instance. Well, that suits me down to the ground. However, I did put the Balrog on my my long list, so now let's 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 put Moda on. It's more more obscure anyway. Okay, I, yeah, amazing. I, I, I like to I like to champion the underdog. Yeah. Oh my god. Mo- <laughs> and yeah, incredible creature design. Really extraordinary. So thanks, Ed. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's all right. It's uh, very magnanimous of that's me. That's my my number two <laughs> is now Moda. So that's great. <laughs> Which brings us. On to the main event, Ed. Mm. I was convinced that the Pale Man would be your number one, actually. So I'm really excited. Oh, it was very, very close. Yeah? Who's your number one? Very, very close. When talking about monsters, there are any number of the creations of Ray Harryhausen that have made my list. His Hydra is spectacular. Uh, The skeletons are brilliant. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Medusa from Clash of the Titans is really great. There are so many great monsters that the harpies in Jason the Argonaut are fabulous. The one that wins out for me, the one that has always been my favourite since a very, very small little tiny child when I was obsessed with Jason and the Argonauts, my favourite has always been Talos. I warned you, Jason. This is Hercules doing. Talos will try to kill all of you. How can I fight him? Think before you waste the gift of the gods. Against the man of bronze, our weapons are useless. I repeat that question. Then I must answer it. Fight Delos with your wits rather than your courage. And look to his ankles. The huge bronze statue of a god imbued with the power of a god. Wow. He's just there guarding the tomb. Uh, Hercules and, I want to say Aeolus, go in there and steal some stuff from this tomb or vault or whatever. Treasures of the gods are being guarded here. And as they leave, you just see the statue come to life. And it's honestly the most terrifying thing. There are some things like, so similar to with um, the T-1000, there's a sort of black blankness mm. like because because it's it's a statue and his, his face doesn't move his face doesn't change it's just completely blank and the way it looks at you you know that it wants to do you in mm. and it's enormous but the thing that gets me most is the noise the sound of the squeaking metal as it moves every it's just screaming screaming noise of metal honestly terrifying and yet so so thrilling yeah have you have you seen jason and the argonauts when I was very little, I would really like to re-watch kind of all of these Ray Harryhausen movies because uh, it's been a really long time. Um, mm-hmm. And in fact, some of them I, I haven't even seen. They're, they're good Sunday afternoon movies. Real good Sunday yeah. afternoon movies. Yeah, the animation is incredible. The way Ray, I mean, he was a genius, Harryhausen. Great choice. Great choice. So it's time. What's your number one? 
it's not one of the kind of big classics. Do you know what I mean? It's mm. not a Godzilla or a King Kong or a Shelob or any of them. My favourite movie monster is the entity from It Follows. This thing, it's going to follow you. Somebody gave it to me and I passed it to you. It could look like someone you know or it could be a stranger in a crowd. Whatever helps it get close to you. It can look like anyone, but there's only one of it. Oh, wow. Yeah, love that. Uh, God, there's so much to love about it. I mean, one of the things I love about it is that you don't actually get to see what it looks like ever. What you do Mm. see is all of these different iterations of it. For anyone who hasn't seen the film, um, I mean, for God's sake, watch it. It is one of the best horror films. It Follows was one of those films. It it came right at the start of the kind of movement that is known loosely as elevated horror. (laughs) (laughs) Which I I loathe. I loathe it. But and the, the the basic idea is that there is a monster that can take the form of any person. It will pursue you until it gets you. And the and it will walk determinedly towards you without being mm. you can't stop it, you can't kill it, you can't prevent mm. it, you can't escape it. You have to just keep running but basically you have sex with someone and it passes on to you and then the thing comes for you and if it kills you it goes back up the line to the previous person Uh, so that in itself is really frightening because it's kind of like even if you manage to get rid of this thing you don't know when it's then going to come back down the line to get you and if it's coming for you no one else can see it there is so much about it this monster this entity that is so frightening kind of conceptually but what the film also does is have an enormous amount of fun with the really scary people that this entity inhabits, whether that mm-hmm. be an old lady in a hospital gown or um, a naked woman or a enormously tall man who just suddenly surges into the room through a doorway that you didn't realise someone was standing in or all of these horrifying images. But the other thing that it does about the film, which I think is extraordinarily clever and I really love this, is it forces you to analyse every single frame of that film. Every single inch of every single You frame. are yeah. constantly looking for the person who is walking towards the camera. Like who mm-hmm. is just det- like just what and sometimes you'll just turn around and it'll be there. And it's like fuck. And it is so it is visually and conceptually terrifying in a way that I don't think any of the others on my list the face hugger maybe it's frightening in every single way to me mm-hmm. and I and exactly like we you were saying for the monster in Frankenstein it is a metaphor for something and monsters reflect back fears that we have about society they reflect those back at ourselves and it's a fantastic fantastic monster you know you know what i really like about the the entity mm. from it follows i just love that it's in no rush it's in no hurry because it know it knows it's going to get you so it just it just walks but it will get you eventually and you like and as you were saying about scanning the whole mm. frame for signs my favorite things in that movie are when you see it just pop up in the distance 
and the characters are just sort of pissing around in the foreground and you're like no 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 look it's there it's mm. fucking there it's there mm. ah turn around turn around turn it's mm. yeah it's so so scary it's great really great it makes you doubt things that you would have thought of as normal before like you know uh, even down to the last shot of the film where you think it's all resolved but it's like any figure in the background of of any of the frames could be this entity no, it just makes you feel completely uneasy all the time. Oh, I need to rewatch that. Yeah, man, I need to rewatch it as well. Lovely. That was and that's great. That's our 10. That's our 10. <laughs> so, Ed, what is the next category we're going to be looking at? Are we actually going to do sports films? At some point, we need to do sports films because um, I've watched a bunch of sports films now. <laughs> and actually, I've, 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 I've got quite a strong list. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got a really weak list. So, it, let's let's Fair. let's get together and talk about those. <laughs> Yeah, so stay tuned for um, future bonus episodes as and when they pop up. And next week we'll be back talking about Pet Cemetery, <laughs> which was Gould's pick and I'm looking forward to it. Oh, well, you know, <laughs> since we're in the midst of spooky season, let's stay spooky. So all that remains to be said is thank you very much for listening to this bonus episode of the Unbreakable Movie Chain. If you've liked what you've heard, please do like and subscribe, uh, give us a nice rating, all of that stuff that really, really helps. Also, we'd love you to get in touch we're getting some emails through we'd love to get more we're going to get to reading some of them out soon uh, also if you follow us on instagram you'll see lots of lovely content there and if you follow us on tiktok as well then we're constantly whacking stuff on <laughs> tiktok as well which has been a fun experiment um so yeah give us a little follow and with that thank you very much for listening love you lots bye bye thank you bye